welcome back to But Where Are You From? We're a podcast by a 20-something-year-old millennial. I really should stop saying that because I'm 30 next year. (laughs) So that can only last for so long. Uh, Where we talk about life as a British-born Chinese person. I'm Viv, the host of the podcast. And in this series, we talk about life as a BBC. So from family life to work, dating, relationships, food, racism and general culture. Um, So hopefully this is an upbeat and relatable podcast to anyone who is a second generation minority. I was originally saying British born minority, but I found that there's people listening all over the world from Australia, across Europe to Asia and America. So we're widening this up, you know, why not? Come on in, join in. We're all inclusive here, as I keep saying. If you have any questions or if you have any thoughts, please drop me a message at VivTheDiv. I was contemplating starting a second Instagram handle, but in all honesty, I just don't think I'll keep up with it. I've started Instagram pages before and I just don't think I'll do it, to be honest. So we're going to stick with VivTheDiv. So this is a strategic move to stay on VivTheDiv because really I only use my Instagram handle to post my personal stuff anyway. And this is very much a personal project. So we're going to just keep it at that. What do you think, everyone? Do you think we should have a separate handle? I don't know. It just feels like more work, you know? And uh, speaking of more work, uh, so I woke up today, it's a bank holiday today, it's like, I don't know, week four of lockdown, I've completely lost count, and I thought today that I'd film this podcast. So I had a little chair set up in my room, I had a stack of books, like most of them are thick Harry Potter books and then some some self-help stuff, so I've got them all stacked up with a little phone holder, but then I got so distracted making sure that the video was okay that I couldn't talk. <laughs> I can't articulate myself at the best of times, but I felt like it was getting worse just having the video on. <laughs> so we've decided to go back to audio format for now. So hopefully in the future, if you guys think that that might be interesting, then let me know. But I'm going to stick to the podcast format because in all honesty, I don't have to worry about a double chin being out or the angle of the camera being wrong or the video lighting, for example. I'm literally sat in my room It's the middle of the day, but I've got the curtains closed. I think that helps with the sound somehow. Um, And I'm just chilling now. So I've done all my makeup and my hair and everything. So I'm going to have to make sure that I leave the house to maybe pick up some food or something to make sure that I don't waste this makeup look because I spent bloody ages on it. So I am so overwhelmed by the amount of people that have downloaded and listened to the podcast. It's had over 1,120 downloads in the last 30 days what the fuck? Who the hell is listening to me jabber on about God knows what? Um, And it's just incredible. I just, I'm so grateful and overwhelmed and very, very happy to see people messaging in and enjoying the podcast. I did something so narcissistic. I went for a run the other day and instead of listening to other podcasts, which I usually do, I decided to listen to my own <laughs> That is so egotistical. But the reason why is for market research. I wanted to listen to it from a fresh perspective of seeing what it's like and how I can improve upon it. And then when I checked Apple, there's been two reviews left on the podcast. I couldn't believe it. So I think it's by Angela and Becca Lamb. So thank you to you two for leaving a review. Never expected that at all. But if you fancy leaving a review, please do. I mean, why not? Why not? (laughs) 
it makes it boosts my ego and god damn it i need it right now so how has everyone been um so this week it's been quite productive at work actually apart from the fact that i put this on instagram stories the other day i ended up napping in the middle of the day whilst i was meant to be working which i haven't done yet and that was the first time that i did that during a working week but i honestly i felt exhausted you know when you just feel so tired as soon as you wake up and it just doesn't go away well i had that feeling and then i posted about this on instagram stories because i feel like we're seeing so many posts about people being productive going out there doing 5k runs and um recording podcasts i know i'm the biggest hypocrite of them all because i've done all of those things but and then i've posted them on social media however the counterbalance of that is you never see the times when you're in your scruffs you're feeling really tired all you've done is watch tv all day and eat chocolate and load of crap um no one really shows that as much and so i wanted to put that out there to the ether that we don't need to always be productive constantly i think it's okay to take some time to relax have some respite not check social media 24-7. I know that I feel myself becoming addicted to my phone again and to Instagram, which I'll go through phases of not going on it at all and then being on it all the time. So I think it's a case of just being kind to ourselves and realising that we can't be productive 24-7. We're going through a pandemic. So the moral of the story is just be kind to yourself, you know? So I wanted to talk about my grades at school. That's going to be the topic today is my grades. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. My school life, Um, my academia life. I'll think of a better title after we've uh, recorded this one. I wanted to talk about my career, but I thought I'd take it a step back first and talk about what I was like at school and not just as a BBC, but just as me in general, because I thought it'd be quite interesting to hear other people's perspectives on what they were like at school and how I just found school in general. So we'll get straight into it, shall we? So in infant school, we, I don't know about you guys in terms of being, uh, coming from a Chinese family, but we grew up speaking Chinese. And so that was actually my first language. And I think I've mentioned this before, but we had to go into infant school with a lady called Mrs Yi teaching us how to speak English and then my sister told Mrs Yi that we didn't need her anymore but we we very much kind of English took over extremely quickly which to the point where I kind of regret I wish we retained some more of that um the Chinese that we did pick up when we were younger because I just feel like it would have been so much easier to learn than as an adult And in infant school, I was really lucky because I had my sister and I remember joining school for the first time and I met one of my best mates, Francesca Robinson, on the very first day of school. I remember she had this like little blonde bob. She's really short and cute. Sorry, sorry, Fran, I know that's a bit of a complex of yours. (laughs) She's not short anymore, but I remember her just like stood there staring at me and my sister with her belly poking out because she was like a little chubby little thing. And we've been friends ever since. And that was when we were year one so how old are you then three four I don't even know really young and now we're 29 and we've stayed friends the entire time infant school I guess we'll start off with um we're really quiet me and my sister we were always quite really well behaved quiet kids and I'm trying to think about the times when 
us being Chinese came into school at all and it didn't really apart from I just remember when it was Chinese New Year I think the teachers wanted to teach their kids about what Chinese New Year was and I didn't know back then I was like four like I didn't know what the fuck was going on but I remember we got taken into another classroom which was really scary to explain what red lucky envelopes were so you know the money packets that you get during Chinese New Year and it's usually married couples or the elders that give these red lucky envelopes to children and it's to signify wealth and good luck and you usually get them at like Chinese New Year or your birthday or Christmases and then we had to explain what they were and I didn't know what the hell it signified at the time because I was like four years old. I remember just being taken to this classroom with my sister and then we were like yeah so this is a red envelope and there's money inside and we get given it at Chinese New Year. And that was it. That was as much as we could contribute to the conversation. <laughs> and it's probably not so different to how I could describe them now because that's all I really know about them. So infant school was pretty nondescript, I have to say. Oh, I forgot to mention we moved school. So we were in a school across town in Warrington and then we moved to another one in year one because we moved somewhere closer and it was a better school. Um, so that was a bit of an adjustment period, I think, because we did have friends in our old school, um, but I can't really remember. I think it was Elizabeth and Joanne. Oh my God, I do remember. I remember years later finding them on MySpace and adding them and then kind of becoming friends again but kind of not because we had nothing in common anymore so going on to primary school so we were really lucky in the sense that we retained this group of friends all the way throughout high school so we never felt alone in any way the only time we did actually was going back to the infant school the first infant school that we were at and I remember our mum giving us a full orange as a snack when you're three years old having a full orange as a snack is quite the challenge uh, and I remember me and my sister we didn't have any friends when we first joined that school actually and we were sat kind of like with our backs against the wall crouched down probably squatting because we're Asian and then um, <laughs> either myself or my sister I can't remember who one of us dropped our orange on the floor and it rolled across the playground and then a boy kicked it <laughs> and then I just remember my sister sharing the orange that she had or I shared the orange with. Sometimes we get our memories confused because we're twins and we did everything together. So we sometimes don't know who did what. Um, but we just shared the orange that we had between us instead because obviously that boy kicked it across the playground. Stupid dick. So sorry, that was definitely a bit of a tangent there. And in primary school, life was pretty quiet. We were very middle of the road, always did my homework, never really got in, into trouble at all. The only issue that I had was that I was always kind of lower set for maths. I felt very unconfident in it. I loved English, always excelled in English more so, really good at spelling. Uh, my, my spelling has deteriorated though, definitely almost to the point where I feel like I am dyslexic because I, I spell the most simple words wrong all the time. But yeah, I really enjoyed English. So I was definitely more on the creative side, but less so on the making stuff side. So you know you have that different forms of creativity. I find like doing things like this, talking, writing, that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm pretty good at. But in terms of 
art. I can't draw for shit. I can't do any form of art. I'm not creative in that way. And I think that was my mum growing up. She didn't like us making a mess at home. So we never did any kind of arts and crafts activities uh, because she didn't like having to clean it up. And another thing that I noticed as I've got older, actually, not when I was in primary school, but we never read any childhood books growing up. And I think obviously because our parents were working in the takeaways and English isn't their first language, I think it didn't occur to them that that was probably quite a big part of Western development was reading to your children growing up. So I remember being in the office one time and then everyone was talking about their favourite childhood books like The Tiger Who Came to Tea, The Hungry Caterpillar. And then I just remember being like, I've never read any of these. And it was a bit of a realisation. This was a few years ago that I'd never actually have read any of those books that anyone was mentioning. And then when I mentioned that to my colleagues, they all felt really sorry for me. But then I'm like, but our parents had other stuff to do. They had to work, didn't they, in the evenings? Like, they they were immigrants coming over from the UK. They had bigger things to think about than reading to us. But then I think that probably, in a sense, made us as children very resourceful in the sense that we just had to make our own fun up. Like, we didn't really play with our parents that much. Apart from the odd, I mean, I definitely did when we were younger as babies, but I think as we got a bit older, we were left to our own devices quite a lot with our other cousins because they were too busy working at the takeaway, grafting. Did anyone else have the same experience in the sense that they didn't have any book to read growing up? Because I've definitely felt like as I've gotten older, I really enjoy reading books now, but yeah, I didn't read any of those childhood books. Um, Apart from that, primary school, I didn't realise that I was that different from others because we weren't really, like, we could do everything that anyone else could. But there were some small things that I just remember happening that I don't think would have happened if we weren't Chinese. So in year two, I remember being in the playground one one day and this one of my friends actually, she asked what my mum and dad's name was. And then I remember telling them that their English names, which was Joe and Diane, but then also their Chinese names, which was Ming and Yuk. <laughs> so obviously they're not the nicest sounding names and they all found it hilarious. And I remember feeling really self-conscious and almost a bit shameful that that was their name. Like why couldn't my mom and dad just have normal English names and not go by Ming and Yuk? And the fact that they had to even adapt their names to fit into Western society, it's almost another subject in itself, isn't it? But yeah, their their original name's uh, Ming and Yuk. (laughs) It's quite funny now, but back then I remember feeling like, oh, we're we're different, but I don't know why we are different. And then I remember in year four, this is actually a really nice memory. It was biscuit day or something where we had to all bring in a different biscuit to class. Not sure what that was meant to teach us, but it was nice. And um, the only things that we had at home were these Chinese biscuits. And they're almost like... I don't know how to describe them. They're almost like honey type of coated biscuits that were that you could break them apart and they almost looked like noodles, but they weren't. Uh, and I can't remember the name of them, but we, I remember bringing them into school and then we just called them Chinese biscuits because none of us knew the name of them. And everyone really liked them actually. And that was actually quite nice. Um, and they were really, I can't think of any more memories really from primary school in terms of being Chinese because a lot of, what I learned about being Chinese was obviously at home with the family and I very much just felt like a white person at school really. Did anyone feel the same? Did you have different experiences? 
And then in high school, so this was when things started to feel a little different. And this was more so less so academia, but more so just social settings. So I remember all our friends, they're all really attractive. So they had boyfriends from a very young age. You know, those people that have boyfriends in primary school. And I just never had that, never had that. And neither did my sister. I think she had them sooner than I did. But even then, we were late bloomers in that sense. And yeah, we fancied boys like anyone else did, but they just didn't like us back. And I remember, this was in year 10, actually. And I was really good friends with this guy in my English class. And we used to hang out. And he was actually my prom date. So that was cool. But anyway, so we were we were good friends um, and I ended up liking him more than just a friend. And one of my close friends who is now a glamour model and influencer and she's modelled for Anne Summers. Just to give you an idea of what she looks like. She is stunning. She has blonde hair, really tall, amazing figure. She is just, you know, she's modelled for Anne Summers. So... Just to give you a, a little comparison in terms of what we're working with here. So she said that she fancied him. And then I remember we used to Bluetooth message in class. So this was before WhatsApp and everything. And he messaged me asking me whether he thinks I should date this girl. And then I was just like, oh God, my heart actually dropped a bit. Because it was the first time that I had genuinely had, you know, feelings for someone at that age. And... I just said yes, obviously, because she's my friend and I'm not one of those girls that's going to try and get go after what I want for the sake of ruining our friendship. No way. Um, so they end up dating for a bit and I was gutted. I remember seeing them holding hands and like kissing in the corridor and I'd just be like, cool, hiya, you okay? <laughs> and a few years ago, this is when I was in a relationship, but I remember deciding to message him to tell him and I don't know why I think it was because my cousin at the time she she was 14 and she was telling me how she liked this guy at school and I said you know what go for it just tell him what have you got to lose and then I wanted to show her in practical reasons how that could work so then I was like you know what I'm gonna message him so I messaged him on Facebook after not speaking to him or seeing him for like must be coming up to 10 years now. Let me actually, shall I get the message up so I can spill the beans? This is probably one of the cringiest things I've ever done. So the message, this was back in 2016 actually that I wrote this. I said, I wanted to tell you something random and weird. You know, when we were in English class together, I actually liked you. I was too shy to say. <laughs> and I remember my friend's name wanted to go out with you. And you Bluetooth text me asking if I think you should. So I said, yeah, even though I didn't want you to because my friend was obviously my friend and I couldn't say no. But really, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd tell you because YOLO, oh, for fuck's sake, babe, this is so embarrassing. I don't like you now, by the way, lol. And this is not a proposition. I just always thought, oh, damn, I should have said something. Haha. <laughs> Hope you're well anyway. So I messaged him that on the 5th of July. 2016 and then on the 10th of July he then got back to me god damn it why did it take him so long he put ha 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 hey dude what an opening gambit how come you felt the need to voice this I can't really remember any of that but I remember me and you were like Betty pals at the time and then I went back and said lol it's funny isn't it it's about 10 years ago now god so yeah it would have been 
over 10 years ago now because I was giving advice to my cousin who's in high school and she likes this boy but she won't tell him so I told him my story then I was like oh you know what I'm gonna message him and tell him right now so I did just that and then yeah just we just started having a bit of small talk just catching up on the, the good old days but yeah how funny is that and obviously he didn't feel the same because he couldn't remember but yeah there we go how funny and that just gives you an indication as to how successful my dating life was and still is. Having said that, actually, I had a hinge date the other day. And before you go all up in arms, it was a video hinge date, which was so interesting. So hinge is a dating app, in case you don't know. And um, we FaceTimed each other, which was just mental and a little bit awkward at first, but actually really cool because... All you can really rely on is conversation. And so we got to know each other pretty quickly in terms of finding out about each other because there wasn't anything else to focus on. So in a usual date, you'd be going out or focusing on an activity, a drink, some food, whatever it might be. But all you can do is just talk to each other, which is just insane. So we've had a couple of video dates now and yeah, who knows when we're going to get to meet. Very interesting what a weird time to be alive, guys. So we've gone off on a massive tangent here. We're going to be talking about my school life. Um, so for GCSEs, right, I'll tell you what subjects I actually chose. I chose performing arts, which was two two modules. So that was, it counted as, I think it counted as like four GCSEs or something. And then history and then dance. And I was pretty all right at all of those things to be honest history was a bit of a random one so I'll read out my GCSE results so I've got them in front of me I found a folder with all my results on which is kind of what sparked this podcast so I ended up getting English I got an A English literature I got an A the American West with medicine which I'm guessing is history got an A science double award higher paper got a B which I'm so proud of because we had a tutor for science and maths. We had this amazing tutor who is so, so, so smart. She had a son who was in year seven who did an astrology A-level, an A-level at year seven. Just just comprehend that for a second. That's like for anyone who's listening in different countries, an A-level is when you start at 16 years old and he was seven or something. How old are you when you go into year seven? You're six? No, you're like 10. Sorry, he was like 10. This just goes to show how bad my maths is. And then maths, I got a B, thanks to my tutor. Oh, performing arts, dance, I got an A star. Uh, and then religious studies got an A. Yeah, so, and then and then my performing arts module got a distinction in that. So that was a B tech, actually. So I've got that in front of me. Um. So yeah, I was really pleased with that. I really enjoyed doing drama. And I think that's why it's lent itself quite well for me to do things like public speaking, guest lectures, um, this podcast, because I enjoy entertaining. My Myers-Briggs personality is an entertainer personality type, apparently. So I like doing that kind of stuff. So I think that plays in quite well with my personality. So I wasn't the most studious. I didn't do any kind of sciences or anything like that, or I didn't pick to do any of those types of things. I just played to my strengths, essentially. So I'll go on to A-levels. So going into college, personally, was a bit of a shit show because we, family-wise, we had quite a turbulent time. My dad was diagnosed with having cancer 
And so he decided with my mum to go to America to get treatment for cancer. So I remember on the first day of college, they left to go to America for nine months. And so we were left by ourselves for nine months. So first day of college was just pretty shit, really. College was just crap in general. We had to manage the family business with the help of our relatives and friends around us as well. But essentially it was me and my sisters. We had to do the food shop by ourselves. I remember us in Morrison's just being completely lost and didn't know what to buy, what to do. And being in the crisp aisle and having an argument with my sisters because I was like, let's not buy crisps because they cause cancer. And then my sisters were like, no, we're just going to get crisps. And we were all just crying about crisps. <laughs> but really, our mum um, and dad were obviously away. And that's what we were sad about. And the fact that we didn't know whether dad was going to be okay or not. So A-levels was just a massive blur. I remember just always feeling ill getting a cold sore all the time like really ugly ones you know the ones that go like up your nose have a cold sores it was terrible and I was just a bit lost in the world you know we were going through a lot then we didn't really have anyone to talk to about it apart from each other and then even then we didn't really talk to each other about it because we didn't want to upset one another well actually I ended up dating then I actually finding my first boyfriend when I was in college And also that was when we became really good friends with my best mate, Sophie, who really took us under her wing when it came to just hanging out. And her family was just incredible. They knew our situation. And so Sophie would, I think Sophie felt sorry for us. Is that how the friendship started? She just felt sorry for us, perhaps. No, she was doing a good thing. And then we ended up being the best of friends and having loads of sleepovers. So in college, what did I study? So I studied, well, general studies. What A-level results did I get? I got a D in general studies. 162 out of 300. I mean, that's over half. Surely I should have got a C. That was like 50%. No, okay, maybe not. Media studies, I got a B. And I got 226 out of 300 marks. Performance studies, I got a C. I got 203 out of 300 And then English language, I think I got a B. Yeah, I got a B. So my results ended up being BBC. How ironic is that? A BBC? Um, And I wanted to get an ABC at least. So that was quite disappointing. And I remember applying for Lancaster University and that was the university that I really wanted to go to. And the same with my sister as well. So we both ended up didn't get getting the grades that we wanted so my sister went in through clearing to Lancaster and then did a degree in IT and a second degree like a you know like a a minor in English which is what she wanted to study and I wanted to go and study English language too but I didn't get into Lancaster and so I decided to go to Manchester Metropolitan University so somewhere a bit closer and yeah went to uni at Manchester Met I went in just so demotivated, feeling really crap about the fact that I was in a uni that I didn't really want to be at um, and I was going to study marketing and I, I picked the subject because I did have some interest in it. I knew that I wanted to work in the world of marketing or PR or something. It sounded interesting to me. I didn't really know what it was at the time. But in the first year, I remember going in feeling like I was completely out of my depth because I didn't feel cool enough to work in marketing, which sounds ridiculous. Like, who is cool enough to work in marketing anyway? Um, So first year, I remember saying to my tutor, 
I don't think I'm going to stay. I want to pick another course. And I looked at this list of courses that she showed me. And to be honest, I picked the easiest sounding one. So I went with cultural studies. And then I ended up staying because when that year, when I got the results back, I got a first in my first year. And then I was like, oh, all right then. Maybe it's not so hard then. And so I ended up staying at uni. And then first year got a first, second year got a first. And then when it came to my third year, I was like, right, really gunning for it. And I remember finishing university and it was just the best feeling ever. And myself, my best mate, Soph and Steph, we ended up going to Budapest on holiday to celebrate finishing university. And then I don't know whether you guys ever experienced this with your parents, but my parents used to open every single one of our letters without our consent, which I'm I'm sure is a criminal offence. So anyway, so they opened up my exam results, my university exam results, whilst I was away. (laughs) How bad is that? Mum and dad, shame on you. So then they rang me whilst I was in Budapest. I just came out of this lovely bath called Rudas Baths, which is like a natural spa. And then they said, Viv, Viv, lam, 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 lam. Um, you got first, uh, you've got a first, you've got a first. And then I was over the moon. I was elated. I couldn't believe it. I've worked so hard for it. Studied loads. I got dumped during my dissertation. Uh, that was my Asian boyfriend, actually. Shame on you, Asian boyfriend. You should know better than to disturb someone's studies. And so we, and so they told me that I got a first. And then rang me back about five minutes later saying oh oh your dad read the results wrong actually you got a 2-1 and I was just like oh okay then well you know that's still good enough I mean I was aiming for a 2-1 really I was quite happy with that and then they then went joking you did get a first ha 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 they thought it was hilarious so at that point I was absolutely livid and I got them to send me a picture message of my results because I just didn't believe anything that they they were saying like who does that who actually does that so yeah I actually ended up getting first and I ended up getting I've got in front of me and I completely forgot about this certificate of excellence for the consumer marketing program and I won student of the year within that program too and that was cool because I mean to be honest I feel like I was the only one that turned up to class (laughs) and that was probably why um and that student of the year thing but um I remember second and third year I lived out in the student area of Manchester called Fallowfield and I lived with this flatmate amongst other people as well but there was this one flatmate and this was the only time that I can really remember some really overt racism. She was from New Zealand and she'd just come out with the most stupid comments. Remember we were just like making dinner one time and I don't know whether it's because she didn't like me but she would just say things like yeah, so you know, like, Chinese girls are, I can't do a New Zealand accent, Chinese girls are like slags. And then I was just like, excuse me, what? And then she's like, yeah, and then Chinese girls also smell funny, like, they have a weird smell. And then me and the other girls that I was living with, we were just like, do, you do realise that I'm Chinese, right? And I feel like now I would have absolutely gone ballistic. I wouldn't have stood for it. But back then I was just like, uh, I was in shock in absolute shock that someone would come out with this um but she was just an outright racist anyway like she used to say things like 
Yeah, I went to the aquatic centre and English people can't swim. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We literally live on an island. You idiot, you absolute idiot. Yeah, we didn't like her very much. So that was probably the most random podcast I've done so far. I felt like I went off on multiple tangents. So I hope you enjoyed it. I mean... I think I'm losing my marbles if I'm honest with you. I wanted to actually do a quick shout out to my friend Anna Sacconi. So if you follow her on Instagram, she's at Anna Sacconi. And I actually used to be on her management team when I used to work at an agency in London called Gleam Futures. And I'll do a whole other topic about my work life. Um, But yeah, so she, we used to work together and we used to do brand deals together um she's got four amazing kids they're all really cute and I miss them so much because I don't get to see them anymore um or as much as I would have liked um but she messaged me basically saying that she listened to the podcast and um she put a really sweet comment she put on Instagram stories obviously I'm not Chinese and I've never been privileged and I'm privileged and have never been the victim of racism but I love learning about other cultures and topics and Viv the Div covers are seriously (laughs) Can I read, hun? Am I okay? But I love learning about other cultures and the topics of the Div covers are serious, but she does it in a serious, <laughs> she does it in a light-hearted, humorous way. Clearly, I can't read or see. Although I can relate on some level to not fitting in or belonging, never knowing if I was more American, Irish, Italian, I think no matter who you are, you should give this podcast a listen. That's so sweet, isn't it? So Anna, I think she's really interesting in the sense that she was born in America but then she moved to Ireland. Her parents are German, Italian, um, and then she's obviously Irish too. But then she's, I think she struggled in terms of when people ask her where she's from, she doesn't really know the answer because she's all over really. And like, she's very much a European melting pot. Um, but yeah, I mean, go follow her. She, she's got millions of followers. Um, her, her job is a YouTuber. That's a job and, and a mum, a full-time mum. Um, and yeah, we still keep in touch nowadays. And it was really nice of her to shout us out because she really propelled the podcast in terms of the amount of you guys listening, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful for. So thanks, Anna. Cheers for that. Um, so I'm going to end it here. It's actually been the longest podcast that I've recorded so far. So if you have any other topics or anything you that you want me to chat about, then please drop me a message. I always try to reply and make sure you share on Spotify or leave a review on Apple, wherever you're listening. I hope you're all doing really well, sending lots of warm wishes from the UK and take care. See you in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.